Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the greatest podcast. I mean, we finished off 2017 with an amazing finish. We are going to start 2018. It's going to make 2017 look like... I don't know, what was a bad year, 1491? I don't know. Anyway, we are going to have a fantastic year on the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, and we're starting off with a bang today, including starting off with the one and only greatest podcasting co-host in the history of podcasting, Mr. Everett Farnell. Well, Steve, I appreciate it. As always, you are gracious and nice and kind, and I appreciate that. That's really great of you. And please, always stay a nice guy, because I really would hate to have to get tough with you. Look, look, you jerk. Like, you, hey, hey, you, hey. Uh, you're unhinged. You're, you've lost your mind. <laughs> My microphone is bigger than yours anyway. No, no, there's not a chance. And mine works. Listen. Let me tell you something. You can have your big microphone because my hands, my hands are bigger than yours. You understand what I'm saying? No problem so, with the size of my hands. We're out of control as usual at the start of the episode, and I think we just touched on like 47 different topics because it's pretty much a theme in the in the life of Donald Trump. So if you are a student of Donald Trump and you pay attention to the past 90 something episodes we've done every week here for almost a couple of years here on the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. You're a student of Donald Trump, and you know that this is how Donald Trump is. He's going to attack, 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 attack. I saw someone on TV who put it really succinctly. I hadn't never heard it this way before, and I apologize not to be able to uh, give attribution and, and credit where credit is due, because I don't remember who it was, but he was somebody who had been involved in high-level negotiations or you know, other countries or in the CIA or whatever, and he said, here's the deal. The number one rule is you act tough with a tough guy, and you act nice with a nice guy. And he was like, that's what Trump's doing when little John Cum Ing, Rocket Man, whatever you call him, comes out and says, <laughs> you know, my, I got a big button on my desk. Well, Trump is like, thanks for teeing that one up for me. I'm just going to come right and get back and go, my button is bigger. And the world, the anti-Trump world, of course, explodes. How unpresidential, how, oh, now you're, this is serious stuff, this nuclear war stuff, and you're acting like it's a schoolyard thing between yeah, six-year-olds, and, just, you know, you're unhinged, and you're unfit, and you're mentally unstable, and what are you doing? And really, put simply, Trump knows to treat a tough guy like a tough guy. You can't get mad at Trump. Obviously, Trump likes big buttons, and he cannot lie. that note uh speaking of which now the the earth shakes again 24 hours later when you thought that was going to dominate and be the biggest news story out comes this book featuring former top campaign advisor for trump steve bannon who trump now calls yeah he was a staffer like 
<laughs> like a day yeah. ago, he was the the head senior advisor, and now he yeah he was he was he was a staffer he was a he was a nobody. But he comes out and had gone flown off the hinge. I don't know if he was sober or in a bad mood or what happened that day, but he had flown off the deep end of any Trumpism way back whenever this book was being put together and said all kinds of nasty things about Trump and his family and of this and of that and of whatever. And so Trump had to come out and bash Steve Bannon and say he lost his mind and what a loser and this and that and whatever. So all in the same theme. And then, Everett, you just brought up the, the memory of the campaign days and we talked about it with Marco Rubio with the whole thing about his hands. Oh, my hands are big. Now my button is big. It's all the same theme. Well, not- Trump is being tough with the tough guy and being nice with a knife guy, although I have to just, say, just by, I'd have to stretch by, a little in my mind to think about a time where Trump has been nice to anybody. But I digress. I want to point out real quick. Not only was Trump's button bigger, but it works. So, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and the other thing was, one of the things that made me laugh like hell was that Bannon, Steve is finding out that winning is not as easy as I make it look. I, mean, oh, I love that one. Perfect is that for Trump to say. <laughs> that was a great line. So, you know, there's so many lessons here. There are so many lessons. Opportunism, and that's another thing. I think it was Trump Jr. that put out a tweet and said, uh, Bannon was, is not a strategist, he's an opportunist. But who, right. who are you kidding? Your dad is the, the world's number one opportunist. I mean, it's <laughs> Donald Trump. Speaking of which, that's what we're talking about here is he took the opportunity. He might have been seething and, and thinking, you know, I'm waiting and biding my time and watching the clock for a time that Steve Bannon says or does something because I'm going to erupt all over him. And then and the opportunity arose, and he goes crazy on Steve Bannon. I mean, Trump, if nothing else, he's, a, he's by very definition, an opportunist. I mean, I just thought exactly. it was hilariously ironic that Donald Trump Jr. puts out and casts Steve Bannon in a negative light as an opportunist when his father is clearly the world's biggest opportunist. Well, he's the chief opportunist, right? <laughs> That's exactly, he's the, the commander and opportunist. It's ridiculous. So, now, well, and so then now we get but, to the lesson learned here from Donald Trump, and there's several. Listen, I mean, one lesson I is do. that, is to be an opportunist, which we talked exactly. about before, to look for ways to gain leverage, to win, to exactly. promote, to grow, to look for those opportunities, and then seize them. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you, you have to grab hold of them. The business world is not a nice place. It would be nice, it'd be wonderful if it was a nice place, but it's not a nice place. You are in constant competition for a uh, existing business. Now, that business is pretty much, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's more than any one company can handle. So it's not like there's a limited pie and, and one person's gonna win and everybody else is gonna die off. But there can be only one person who is at the top in the marketplace. And if you, if there can only be one person at the top of the marketplace, you wanna be that person at the top of the marketplace. So you're in constant competition to get to the top of the marketplace, to get the best clients, to get the most, to, or customers, to make the most money, to really stay in business because as in nature, things are growing or dying. So if you're in a constant state of competition, then you have to be opportunistic. Uh, you have to be willing to grab hold of opportunity when it comes and use that opportunity to gain a foothold and to advance your agenda and to increase your business and better your business and make yourself wealthier and make your business partners wealthier. Whoever owns the company, whether it's just you yourself or it's you and a spouse or it's you and some business partners or whatever, you have a job to enrich those people, the owners of the company, as much as possible. And that requires opportunism. 
Lions don't go after the fastest, most fit, most healthy zebras. No, they, they don't have the opportunity to go after the sickest ones. That's opportunism, obviously, in a very brutal example, but it is a very clear example of opportunism. Well, and it's so an important point you make because not only is the business world where Trump comes from a rough and tumble world where it's kill or be in killed, but he comes so is politics even more so because in business you can have multiple winners, but in right. politics there's one winner and second place you lose by one vote. I mean, there was a thing on TV, I forget where it was, but some local election somewhere, they just pulled the name out of a hat. And somebody, there was a tie. I mean, they didn't even lose by a vote. They pulled the other name out of the hat and you're gone. And supposedly in whatever state this was or some state legislature, whatever, the whatever party was the winner was swinging the balance of power in the entire state legislature. I mean, amazing wow. that this drawing the name out of a hat was making all the difference for the laws to be enacted in the entire state. That's as rough and tumble win or, or go home as it is. And yet on the outside, until Trump came along, for my lifetime at least, politicians have tried to make it seem like it's a upstanding, a respectable world. And that's right. where this term, it's not presidential, comes out. And you see the great Obama for eight years being the great orator and the, the very intelligent, balanced, measured speaker and the, the complete opposite of the unhinged, deranged, lunatic, off the deep end Trump just coming out and shooting from the hip and saying crazy things all the time. But Trump is... Now that he's in the world of politics, he's just bringing what you just said, what, what comes from the business world, is already in the world of politics. It's not Trump that's making politics be gutter-like. Politics is already like that. Trump is just bringing it to the forefront, and the powers that be don't like that. People that have been spent their whole life for 30 years in the U.S. Senate acting as if they're an austere, august body of esteemed leaders of the polit BS! You are completely lying scheming, cheating, underhanded, deal-making, anything you could possibly do to retain power and screw the next guy, whatever as it gets, and Trump is exactly. exposing that, and people don't like that. Well, no, people don't like it, because I think, honestly, and this is just, uh, you know, maybe this is, it's a little off-topic from what we can learn from Trump, but I think those guys actually believe their own hype in a lot of cases, so that's why they hate it so much, is because everybody who believes their own hype hates it when somebody exposes how they've been lying to themselves. And actually, now that I think about it, as consultants, you and I have uh, run into that with business owners on many a, of an occasion where a business owner wanted to stay blind to a particular part of the business or wanted to stay blind to a particular unemployee or an aspect or a marketing method that uh, just, quote-unquote, direct mail doesn't work. In well, of course, it happens yeah. all the time. I just had this conversation with the prospect this morning. I'm like, that's why people beg me to take them on as clients. Right. Because they're stuck in their world and they're insisting on doing it their way or not doing what works and they finally realize I need to get somebody to tell me what to do, to whip me into shape, to get me to realize the truth and to take action on it instead of continuing to fail by insisting on doing it the wrong way. Exactly. Well, exactly. that's the lesson learned from Donald Trump. That's what we're talking about here is whoever made up the statement the customer is always right certainly never owned a business in his life. <laughs>
<laughs> like, what no, an incredibly stupid statement. As the listener, listeners here in the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, I'm guessing for the most part of business owners, that's who we're speaking to, that's what the lessons are about. I know there's entertainment value, and I hear it from people all the time, oh, I just love the podcast. What kind of business do you own? Oh, I don't own a business, but I love the Okay, but we're speaking to business owners. Business owners know the customer's not always right, and so if you're acting like that, you're making a big mistake. So if you're being nice yeah. with a tough guy, if you have a tough guy customer, uh, he's being a jerk customer basically, that's not the time to be nice to that customer. No, the customer's not always right. There are times where, plenty of times, where you need to stand up for yourself and your business and your employees and let the customer know, maybe not as brutally as Trump does, but let the customer know, no, you are not right. I mean, Everett, I'm sure that has happened to you in your vast experience of running multiple successful businesses. Oh, there's no doubt about it. You get a customer, and here's the amazing part. When you get a customer who really is being a jerk, I mean, just really being uncooperative and you can't deal with them and they won't give you any information about what they want to have happen and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're just really being a jerk. If you push back, and like you said, you don't have to completely annihilate them like Trump did Dan in this <laughs> this, this uh, last news cycle. If you just push back a little bit, what oftentimes happens is that irate, ridiculous customer will oftentimes pull back a little bit and calm down, and it'll kind of snap them out of this being a jerk kind of thing and really get them to the point where they can talk to you and where you can work with them and solve the problem. But if you let them walk all over you and you just never push back, then what inevitably happens is they just keep walking on you and they're never going to be happy with any outcome you give them. It's almost like the customer who's being a real jerk most of the time. There's one out of ten who's just a complete jerk and they're never going to not be a jerk and you're better off not having them as a customer. But nine out of ten of those customers who call you up and they're being uh, they're being jerk, if you push back a little bit, oftentimes what will happen is it snaps them out of being a jerk. It, they understand that you're not, you're not going to let them just walk all over you. And you can come to a solution and in a good portion of those, you can save and make them repeat customers, and those will be your best customers. Because here's what happens: the other, if they try somebody else out and they're unhappy with them, then they call the other guy up and they're a jerk to the other guy, and the other guy lets them roll all over them. And the person who's pushing is never satisfied. It's almost like a respect thing, Steve, where if somebody's shoving you, you almost want them to push back a little bit because now, okay, good. Now I'm dealing with somebody who I can work with. You know, and I'm dealing with somebody who I can talk to. I'm not just going to shove them around all over, uh, uh, you know, metaphorically speaking, shove them around all over. It's like a football team who wants to play another good football team. They don't want to play a team who they're just going to roll over. They want to play somebody who's going to give them a little challenge. I know that sounds kind of strange, but I promise you, it's the truth. It happens over and over and over again. If you can just push back a little bit, you'll find that those belligerent customers oftentimes can be made to be happy and a good portion of the time can be made to be repeat customers and even more importantly, they can be made to be incredibly good evangelists for your business. I can tell you that's true from experience and also knowing that I've been on the other end of that and I've been an upset customer, it also gains respect when the business owner treats this irate customer and pushes back on what the customer knows he's going 
going over the top and being a jerk, and the business owner stands up to that, it gains respect. Again, exactly. you treat the tough guy, you act tough with the tough guy, and you act nice with the nice guy. So if you get a call from someone who says, oh, you know, I'm sorry to bother, but you guys were out here yesterday and fixed the roof, and, you know, I hate to tell you this, but there's still a little leak coming out of the roof. Uh, I'm sorry to, to bother you with that. I just want to let you know. Oh, we'll be right out there, ma'am. I'm so sorry about the blah, blah, blah. You <laughs> treat that nice customer nicely. But if the exactly. customer calls up and they're a complete jerk and you push back a little bit, it gains their respect, like you said. That's the lesson learned from Donald Trump and from, I have a feeling, I hope, all business owners have already experienced that. We're giving you the okay to keep doing this. Exactly. exactly. I mean, we don't know how these final things are ending up. We don't know the final resolution, if there will ever be one, with North Korea and their nuclear program. That could drag on forever, which is part of the point also, that by Trump continuing to make it a war of words and a battle of six-year-olds and two lunatics going at each other, it is delaying any action ever been taken. You're just fighting a war of words. And so both are happy. Guy in North Korea and Trump are both happy just calling each other names and insulting each other. And as long as they're doing that... That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If and, that satisfies both of your massive, deranged, crazy egos to just be calling each other names, then by all means, keep doing that. Well, yeah, and I was just going to say, once again, another lesson, something that, that people can put to use. And then we're probably giving them a little too much for this episode. We might be uh, feeding them from a fire hose, as they say. In jails, what we found is that, you know, because I used to be a police officer years ago for a short period of time. I was a police officer, decided it wasn't, a, it wasn't the right career for me, so I got out of it. But when I was, one of the things we learned is that when they made cigarettes illegal in the jail, right? So the jail can do that with inmates. They can make cigarettes contraband, and any contraband is illegal. What happened? is the possession of cocaine and heroin and hooch, uh, you know, the, the, the homemade alcohol and all the other things dropped dramatically as people refocused their attention instead of trying to get heroin, they were trying to get cigarettes. So what happens now is you get a guy like Kim Jong-un, or, uh, you know, Rocket Man, as uh, Trump has called him, and he pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes until, just like we said, until... You know, and he's going to push as hard as he can. But when he gets a pushback from Trump, well, now he's getting a reaction, right? It's almost like, okay, he's going to get a reaction. So now there's no reason to fire rockets over Japan, and there's no reason to make threats, and there's no, you know what I mean? There's no reason to, to exactly. rally. Well, that's what I just said, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's, that's what I'm just reiterating. It is that what happens is he now gets to put on faith with his people about how great he is for standing up for Trump just by saying stupid shit. So let him say stupid shit all he wants and let Trump tweet about what a jerk he is, you know, what an idiot he is. And they can go back and forth and get out the button measuring devices and see whose button is bigger and whatever. But like you said, better that they should do that than start dropping nuclear weapons around the world and uh, killing everybody. Let's just keep it to Twitter wars is fine with me. Exactly. And the same thing as we bring this lesson learned from Donald Trump to a close, the same thing in your business. You can keep the customer, engage the customer, and have the conversation back with the customer that the customer wants. You keep them from taking any other further action, like posting something negative on the Internet or doing anything else. Exactly. You'd much rather have the war of words than ever let it get into action. But now we're getting into our advanced tip of the week, which is, as always, a spectacular and pretty much necessary addition to what we talk about here on the podcast. You go to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com, and there's the information of how you can get the advanced tip of this week. And I assure you, 
that this week's advanced tip is bigger than anyone else's advanced tip of any other week, and it works. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the Internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. And join us next time, unless you like being a loser. Some people do. Trust me.